I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Uh, Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome, folks, and thanks for joining us another week here live somewhere in Pewaukee, Wisconsin. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at the lake right now. But anyway, we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live, we are unrehearsed, and uh, we get a little crazy sometimes. Sorry about that. But anyway, you can be part of the show if you want by calling at 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Good morning, Danny, and good morning, Sam, on the boards. Morning. Can you read us loud and clear there, Sam? Bushy, you're a little quiet. Yeah, Bushy's a little quiet. He's got to tune it up now? a little bit. Little yeah, better. perfect. All right. That's good. I can hear you now. Okay. Tom, I've been waiting all week to ask you a question, buddy. Uh-oh, I'm kind of scared. <laughs> okay. Have you ever heard of the amazing Bergy Worm? Boy, yeah, that sounds really familiar. Or wait, that, it's called the Incredible Bergy Worm. It sounds familiar, but I just can't think of it off the top of my head. But it sounds familiar. B-E-R-G-I-E uh, Worm. Now, here's the reason I ask. I was uh, cleaning out uh, a bunch of tackle that my dad had. And, of course, you know, he passed several years ago. And I had to uh, go up to the house and clean out everything. found an old fishing box. And he has a ton of these bergy worms, and I, and I remember him talking about it. Uh, so looking on the back, uh, it's made. It was made in uh, from the the Incredible Bait Company Inc. in Janesville, Wisconsin. And it seems to do some ice fishing or something. When I went online, it was interesting. There were some tackle shops that uh, had it listed, but they were all sold out of them. So I don't know if they even make this anymore. 
Now, is it a small worm like for ice fishing, you said, or is it a larger worm for like bass it, it, fishing? It, it, it's about uh, smaller than a, the smallest mini mite. It's almost as big as a oh. small mini, mutt, mini, mini mite. Okay. And it's got a little worm on the back, and then it comes with like five replacement tails. I'm just wondering if any of our listeners have ever fished with it. I think he used to use it for ice fishing. I think it's supposed to be like some really good... But from what I understand, the tails wouldn't stay on real good, so that's why they'd sell them in a pack. But right. uh, it's just, inter- just interesting, because I know he used to talk about it, and I'm just wondering if anyone's ever fished with it. Yeah, maybe they used it in the summertime, too, you know, for bluegills, crappies, perch, whatever. So you know, any of our of that, huh? knowledgeable any, uh, info on that, if you've used it, give us a call. You know, it's funny, you know, I'm sitting here looking at Pewaukee Lake, and it's kind of windy out. There's pretty good waves, little white caps going. And two of my sons and I are supposed to go fishing this morning after the show. And I'm wondering, what the heck am I doing? When I came out to your place, Danny, it was 41 degrees <laughs> and white caps. And I, I'm wondering, I'm second-guessing whether or not I should go this morning or not. Well, it's supposed to be pretty windy, and uh, along those lines, the Wisconsin DNR has a news release that there's high to very high fire danger that's going to continue during the weekend. Uh, Any of our listeners have been seeing this in the news, but there have been some wildfires. I think there was one, Tom, up by Juneau, I want to say, a 200-acre one. Did you hear about Mm -hmm. that? No, I did not. No, that, that that one, you know, I think it took a couple days to put that one out. So basically they're saying the gusty winds, low humidity, and precipitation are pretty much leading to critical fire weather conditions right now. Uh, so I guess if you're going to have a, yeah, try not to... Uh, Try not to throw a cigarette out the window when you're driving up north or have any uh, burning any brush or anything. Well, it's a good thing I don't smoke anymore, so I won't uh, have a problem, you know, not starting any fires. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a good um, thing. But it's going to be windy. It's going to be, I don't know if I would, I don't know. As far as fishing, I, I don't know if I'd go out today, Tom. Well, like I said, my two boys want to go, two of my sons want to go, and I figured, what the heck, I'll go along. But we're going to go to a lake where we're going to be protected from this wind, and we can catch walleyes and bass and, you know, other various species that might bite. But mainly we're going after the walleyes today, so, well, you know, so and we should, been be, catching? Pro- we should be Have they be been protected. getting any walleyes? Well, no, this is the first time they're going to be going for the walleyes, so they wanted me to come along for that. That's because I'm the lucky walleye slayer, I guess. <laughs> well, let, let joking, me ask you, how about as far as the panfish? Have you guys got on the crappies or bluegills yet this year? Yeah, we've, we've done that several times, and uh, every time we went, it was cold, and it was windy, and and it was, uh, you know, we caught some fish, but not many. It wasn't, it was not fast and furious. It was tough fishing, and, uh, you know, the funny thing is, and this is, this happens every now and then, we caught more fish on the mini mite than we did on the minnows, and, you know, that's kind of strange sometimes for crappies, but that happens to us every now and then. That the mini might outfishes the minnows. So, oh well. But we, you know, we caught some fish, but it, it, it was slow. It was slow. It was it was tough fishing, and it was cold yeah. fishing. Now, as far as out here on Pewaukee Lake, um, with this uh, COVID shutdown, uh, they've been busier than ever over at Smokey's. 
I went there uh, Thursday night. I believe it was Thursday night. And uh, I think it, it was really warm and nice that day with the sun shining. It was like a Saturday in the middle of summer there. I mean, the parking lot, you could there were boats launching, pulling out, pulling in. People couldn't find a place to park. Um, shop, buying gears. I guess talking to the technicians out there, they've been selling a lot of tackle. So people are like stir crazy and getting out fishing more than ever, I think, at least when the weather's nice. Now, when the weather's cold, it's... It's amazing how things will shut down, and then, then it, it, then if all of a sudden halfway through the day the the clouds go out, all of a sudden it's like ants coming out of an anthill. All the people all of a sudden showing up launching. So, yeah, last um, week, last week Saturday was a beautiful day, and you and I were out at Smokey's doing the show, and and it was very busy, and it turned out to be a beautiful day. And on that day, one of my sons was on one lake with a friend of his. Another son was on uh, a different lake with his brother-in-law, and my other son was working. But anyway, uh, at the two launches that they were, the other two were at, he said, yeah, those were real busy too. You had to be there early in the morning. So, you know, it just goes to show, like you said, people are really getting out there and fishing maybe because they got nothing better to do. Yeah, and as far as, uh, as, far as actual... Uh action out here now i did talk to a guy last week and this was interesting tom he said that um they were fishing shallow and they weren't catching anything and everybody seems to think all the muskies are shallow this time of year which which i'll get to in a second but uh he decided that uh heck with that there's not all the muskies are doing the same thing at the time he went went out into 30 feet of water and he said, I think he was with his dad, and he said he marked the fish down near the bottom, and he was using a sucker, and he caught a 37-inch muskie. So it just goes that, uh, you know, even though this is, you know, kind of like the spawning time and a lot of the fish are shallow right now, uh, they're not all doing the same thing at the same time. Um, so it pays to think outside the box, I guess, sometimes. That's right, because, you know, Danny, like we always say, those fish don't read the same books we do. <laughs> well, they do different things. From, the story from the technicians is this. Now, uh, we had the caller last week call us, and he was out at midnight, and he said he was spotlighting, and he could see lots of muskie swimming in the shallows, and uh, he didn't want to identify where he was. Now, there's not a whole lot of places to fish from shore around here anyway. Some where speculating that that boat launch on that west end by Nagawika boat launch might have been a possible area. And then another guy said that the corner there, on that corner, if you go to the northwest corner of that bay, down from that boat launch, that there were a bunch of muskies cruising in the shallows in there. So um, they're seeing some. In fact, they mentioned when I got to Smokies on Thursday, one of the guys said, oh, we just had about a 41, 42-incher go swimming by. So they're they're cruising around shallow, and one guy saw two of them right tight together. So I think they're still in the process of, uh, of spawning or, or post-spawn. So catch. Oh, definitely. I agree because... Uh... Well, last week when it was warm, well, last weekend when it was warm, the water temperature was what was it like 57, 58 degrees, and I think it's a little bit less right now. And uh, you know, one of my sons, you know, like I said, we we're go mainly going after walleyes today, and I told him, I said, well, just make sure we got enough night crawlers. And he said, oh no, we got to have some minnows too. And I said, no, minnow season is over. That's for in the fall. 
Right now you want a half a night crawler, period. No minnows right now. I shouldn't probably say that because then bait shops would be upset because they want to sell minnows. But for other species, that's fine. But for the walleyes, I mean, walleyes will grab a minnow now. Yeah, sure, why not? But for my money, I'm going to be using a half a night crawler. And I'm all set. I got that uh, a, a, a live bait drop shot rig on one rod. I got a slip bob rod, another rod. And then I got a jig on another rod that I can just, you know, put a half a night crawler on. So I'm ready for them. Let, let me ask hand fishing what pound line do you use i know some guys go really really light and shoot when i was a kid i used to use a zebco 33 with 10 pound line and i'd be fishing bluegills with that i didn't know any better but did you yeah. try and finesse more or what i i I've, I've been using four pound tests for quite a while and uh you know that's fine but you know even with four pound test after you've caught uh let's say after you've caught like 20 nice crappies, you probably should retie that knot because your line will start to weaken after a number of fish pulling on it. So four pound test is what I like to use. A lot of people will use six pound, which is fine. So, but you know, there are a few people out there who use two pound test, but I wouldn't go that low. You know, what if you get that crappie of a lifetime on, you know, and all you got is two pound test, so. Well, you know, Paul Mahalik, our friend Paul Mahalik, he, uh, he he fishes panfish quite a bit. And I was out with him years ago. Actually, same as you, Tom, I believe he uses 4-pound, but he used, uh, I think it was the 4-pound XT, but it was the colored, the, the green, the solar, I think is yeah. what they call it. And he just felt that when he had that that bright line, when he's not using a bobber, which a lot of times he's not, he could little bit better and it, it seemed to help him and it didn't didn't seem to scare the fish so well, i picked up here, a bunch of that four pound stuff and i'm going to try spooling that on my panfish rods this year well here's the problem with uh, the trilene xt a lot of people think that stands for extra tough and that's what trilene would like you to think that it stands for extra tough it actually means extra thick because if you look at the, the diameter, and it shows right on the packaging, the diameter of the lines, XT is, uh, the, the four pound test XT is actually like a six pound test. If you look at the diameter, if you look at the diameter of uh, the Trilene XL or Stren, it's a lot less than the Trilene XT. So I, XT is just a thicker line. It's not tougher, it's just thicker. So of course it's gonna be stronger, but it's not really four well, pound test. If you tried I, I the will, a, huh? go ahead. What I, I have used it and um, and I've used the twelve pound the trolling uh, reels for uh, Browns and Lake Michigan and it worked really well. Uh, it is tough, but like you said, maybe it's maybe if you were to just get instead of getting uh, a twelve pound XT, if you got fourteen pound XL, you'd have the same thing probably. Basically, yes. And, and you know, here's the thing. If you catch a, let's say you catch a record fish on 12-pound XT, okay, and you think it's going to be a record for 12-pound test, you're not going to get it because it, you're, it's more like a 14 to 15-pound test. And they will test that line, you know, for records. So, Well, anyway, pretty much, we got, huh? yep, I was going to say pretty line is actually if you actually test it and i used to as a kid with uh, my little d liar scale most line will break higher than what the box break strength says well when it's when it's dry every line will be, break higher but uh 
a monofilament line uh, absorbs water and as it absorbs water it, it reduces its brake strength down to you know what it should be what it actually is but when it's dry oh yeah it's always they're all much higher so but what's on the box a, is actually the uh, wet, wet brake strength. strength right and that's only if you tie a really good knot because if you <laughs> tie a bad knot yeah that's gonna break a lot less you know so I mean and speaking of Tying knots, we got to go to a break. <laughs> so how about that? You want to do okay. that right now? Sounds right. good. It's... Thanks, thanks for that info online, Tom. I never yeah. knew the dry strength, wet strength thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you something about that when we come back. There's something interesting about that. But uh, he's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Newbauer. You're listening to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. Welcome back to the Skibber Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom New. We are brought to you by Bait Mate Fish Attract. And don't forget to get the Bait Mate. Spray a little dab of that on there and on your burgie worm and you will catch some fish, my friends. <laughs> hey, I was going to tell you something about fishing line uh, after, you know, before we went in a break. And years ago when I was sponsored by Strand Line Company, uh, we had a knot testing machine, and I used to go to all the different sports shows, you know, and and uh, do this knot testing machine. And people would come up, they tie a knot, and we'd attach it to this machine to see how good their knots were. See what would break first, the line or the knot. You'd be surprised how many, you know, goofy knots were good, and how many good knots did not stand up. But the best one, time in and time out, and I think you use this a lot yourself, is the Palomar knot. That always broke at where it should, you know, at the pound test rating. That was the best one overall. So. Well, there was an actual show, I think, they used to call it uh, Not Wars. In fact, I think it was a segment after one of the... F- was Lindner's Fishing Edge or one okay. of them, but they used to have Not Wars, and each week they'd test one knot against the other. Now, I think the best all-around knot for a guy to learn how to use is the uni knot, because uni knot you can tie line to line works great uh, and and you know just everything it's just a great all learn that one it pretty much you can never have to learn another knot again although that polymer that worked especially well if you had like a slippery line like the uh fire line especially when it they first came out with that fire line that was kind of a slippery line that's where that polymer knot really does shine like you say yeah but yeah, there are a number of good lots. The improved knots, you know, like the improved clinch knot, that that's been around for years, and you know that works. You know, as a matter of fact, like with the Palomar, you got to be able to get two strands of line through the eyelet of the hook or the jig or whatever. Whereas at least with the uh, uni knot or the improved clinch knot, all you need is one line going through it. You know, so on on like let's say like on my mini mite jigs, well there I'm only I'm using a, an improved clinch knot. Whereas on larger ones, I'm using, you know, the Palomar. So, and I suppose, you know what, Danny, if you're catching fish, it really doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> well, there's also something known as a drag. Drag. That's right. That's, that's right. Uh, yeah, you really shouldn't uh, shouldn't have that problem. And you should. I think I told you the story. I went out a couple of weeks ago on Lake Michigan, and I told Komar, I said, just a disclaimer, I haven't retied anything I've just threw the rods in the boat, 
didn't retie a knot and first hit first fish I grab it go to pull it out of the holder snap tied the knot so always yeah. always always retie your stuff especially if it's been sitting there for two years <laughs> no year. definitely yeah without a doubt yeah, speaking a doubt. speaking Tom of, of broken lines um, I was reading I don't normally read the whole thing, but it's by Boat US um, because I do have Boat US for my uh, insurance. And they have some fishing articles in there, believe it or not. And there was a real interesting article written by a Wisconsinite, a guy named Doug Stam. Apparently, he's a, it says he's a captain, so I'm guessing he must be a guide. And he's an aquatic biologist uh, and he's an underwater photographer wrote a book about the springs of Florida and underwater, the northern lakes, and he lives in Wisconsin River, um, in the Wisconsin River Valley of southwest Wisconsin. But he wrote about some giant fish that was snapping their lines. They, uh, they were out fishing, um, they were out fishing, I guess, on the, on the Gulf, I think, uh, or off southwest Florida, I guess, it, I guess it was. And they had, uh, they were trying to catch some some fish, I guess they were trying, they had 30 pound mono and get some, uh, uh, looking, for, catch some grouper and something grabbed their uh, small fish. They were using like bluegill size uh, fish for bait and just snapped the line. So then they went back with a 150 pound braid the next day, hooked a fish, rod doubled over and the 150 pound braid snapped. Can you imagine 150 pound braid breaking? So the next day they tried 200 pound mono, same thing, bend the rod in half and snap like a rifle. So they got a hold of a local captain and he told them that it must be a Goliath fish, a giant Goliath, Goliath group, fish. Groupers, it, they're called uh, giant groupers or Goliath groupers, yep. Yep, and apparently there's a shipwreck down there. So the, these groupers would hit, grab the bait and just go racing into that wreck and uh, break their lines, straighten the hooks. So they kept going back, getting bigger and bigger. And finally, they did get one, about a 250 pounder. But um, when they went diving down there, it's really cool. They got a picture of this giant fish, looks like it must weigh like 400 pounds, and it's got all these rigs hanging from its mouth. It's got the yeah, hooks in, wow. in three ounce, and uh, these fish are just incredibly big. I think they can get at what, 500 pounds or something? Oh, yeah. I saw some stuff on TV where they're like five, six, seven hundred pounds. They were, they were gigantic. And, you know, the funny thing is, is they kind of look like a largemouth bass. <laughs> they kind of do. Well, that's, those in, fact, yeah. in fact, here it says the picture of the Florida state record, which is also the world record, is like a 680 pound fish. And it says it looks like a 680-pound brown largemouth bass. Oh, so they look like a giant bass. <laughs> yeah, they look, they do. It's, it's kind of amazing. It's a huge. I don't know if I'd want to be, you know, I'm surprised those rods didn't break before the line well, they, did. Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, it shows a picture of the guy, and he was, like, strapped in so he wouldn't get pulled overboard. And he had yeah. giant rods, and, and they just double down. But, yeah, when that line breaks, oh, my God, I, you would think you don't want to be anywhere near that rod or anything. Somebody's going to lose an eye. Yeah, really? Wow, wow, that's something. Well, at least we don't have to deal with those type of fish up here in Wisconsin. 
Hey, another another fish, Tom. <laughs> one of it. one of our uh, one of our listeners dropped off a article uh, for me or a, a picture, I guess, a newspaper clipping, I should say, and it shows a picture of a guy with a uh, fish called a. Have you ever heard of a tiger trout before? Yes, I have heard of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Not can around tell- here, though. Not around okay. here. I think they're can, out west. Can you tell me what a tiger trout is, my friend? No, I've just no. heard of them. <laughs> I just I've heard the name. You know. Okay, so here here's the article. It says, of Richland Center uh, was fishing with a buddy in Crawford County and caught an enormous rare tiger trout." Fish was released. It measured 17 inches. Uh, it would have broke the current catch and release record for Wisconsin, which is 16 inches. And basically, uh, trout is a sterile hybrid of the brown trout and the brook trout. Oh, and it's that? kind of like an anomaly in the wild, hmm. but it can occur, I guess. Wow. I mean, I knew I heard the name. I thought it was from something out west because they've got so many different kinds you know out west but uh i heard the name but i just didn't know what it was how it's, about it, that it's a really cool looking it's it, it's really got some funky looking markings on the side looking at the picture but it's a really cool trout but i'm guessing that it must have been a natural because i don't think our dnr stocks anything like that yeah i don't think they're growing those no i don't think so it doesn't sound like it Matter of fact, now that they're, you know, they don't grow the the hybrid muskies either, you know, so. Well, I guess the the expense is part of the deal with the hybrid muskies, and even I, and uh, thanks, thanks Sam, uh, and even as far as uh, where to get where to get the hybrid muskies from, mm-hmm. it's yeah. easier you know, just Danny, to go with the regular. You know what I was just noticing that the fishing piers in the downtown Pewaukee, the fishing piers are not out yet, and I think that's because part of the road is closed. Uh, like if you come out on Capitol Drive and you want to make that right turn to get onto you know the main the beach part of Pewaukee Lake on the east side, uh, the road is closed. I don't know. Did you know that that the road well, is closed? Well, they over got there? just that. They just got that one part just uh, to the. Uh, I guess the northwest of the uh, uh, or north of the bike shop, they were right. doing some work on the road right there. You can get yeah. to the businesses otherwise. Um, you just got to go around, right? But here's the deal, Tom. I wonder if it's because of the uh, COVID thing that they don't want to put the pier out there because you're going to have people shoulder to shoulder. I wonder if that's why they're holding off. You know what? I never thought of that. You're right. Probably. You know, speaking of the COVID-19 virus, uh, uh Two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, when I would go to the grocery stores, I'd say half the people were wearing masks and half weren't. But yesterday when I went, it's like almost everybody was wearing masks and just a few people weren't. And I wonder why they're wearing them now when they should have been wearing them two, three weeks ago as well, you know. Well, I think, Tom, and I think what you're seeing is the people that weren't even going out two or three weeks ago are now oh. going out. <laughs> and being as they weren't the ones going out two or three weeks ago, they're for sure going to be the ones wearing the mask now. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Well, listen, Danny, we got to go to a break. Coming up next is the gut report. And don't forget, folks, after the 645 break, we will be playing the Hornschwaggle where you can win some great prizes. So, and we'll tell you all about that when we come back after uh, this message. 
And we are brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. So stay tuned for more. He's Dan, I'm Tom, and Sam's over there on the board. Come here, I'm gonna eat you! I'm bigger than you, I'm higher in the food chain! Get in my belly! The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, have you ever been, you know, going to make a recipe, okay? You're, you're sitting there, you're going to make something, and you look at the recipe, and it says, for self-rising flour. And you think, what the heck is self-rising flour? At least that's what I thought, and it's like, what, I'm going to go to the store and buy a five-pound bag of self-rising flour that I might only use once a month? So then I uh, started looking around, and my wife says to me, she says, hey, if you need self-rising flour, here's a tip. You can make it yourself. So if you're in a pinch and you need self-rising flour, what you do is you take one cup of flour, one and a half teaspoons of baking powder, and a half teaspoon of salt. That will give you your self-rising flour. Hey, it's it's all fixed. Everything's good and happy. <laughs> the Good Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you'll find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow in Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and me, Tom Neubauer. Oh boy, I'm telling you, it is one of those mornings out that I was, you know, during the break, I called my one son and I said, are you sure you guys want to go fishing this morning? It's got white caps on Pewaukee Lake. And, but of course, we're going to go to a different lake. Supposedly, we're going to be out of the wind uh supposedly uh so we'll see what happens but uh i'm not too worried about it and and i you know what and i really think and the lake that we're going to does have walleyes in it so i feel pretty good about catching walleyes now i was planning on coming to pewaukee lake on monday for walleyes but monday it's supposed to be like a high of 48 49 degrees and windy and it's like I'm not going to put up with that again, where at least today is supposed to be a high of 57, 58. So, I mean, I can I can deal with that, and I can deal with the wind. Uh, it, well, the wind is kind of a pain, but what are you going to do? You know, it's fishing. Are you back yet, Danny? No, I'm oh, still yeah. trying to connect him, unfortunately. Sorry, oh. Tommy. All right, that's all right. So, anyway, uh, 799-1250 is the phone number. That's 414-799-1250. If you want to get in touch with us, if you want to discuss something, or if you've heard something, or you just want to brag about a fish you caught. I wish I could brag a little bit, but I can't. Uh, I've just been catching the, the run-of-the-mill stuff. So I must I must admit, one thing was pretty interesting, though. Um, last Was it last week, week before last, whatever, when we were out on Piwa, I mean on Okachi Lake, and we were fishing for the crappies and the gills, we caught quite a few of the golden shiners, otherwise known as golden roaches. And these were running about, oh, I don't know. Some of them were like eight, nine inches. There were a couple that were pushing 10 inches. And uh, I, I was really surprised. Now, it seems like every year we catch one or two, but we must have caught, I don't know, six, seven, eight of them. And uh, it's almost like you'd like to save them and use them for bait for muskie, you know, down the road or for pike. 
but well, what are you going to do, you know? I mean, you weren't going to put him in a bucket and try to save him. So, but anyway, uh, so, oh, I got to put my leg up over here to kind of taking it easy. You know what? Oh, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, folks, you got to start calling the radio station and asking them, when are they going to put us back in the studio? When can we come? Yeah, you got to put a little uh, heat on them. What do you think about that, Bushy? Putting heat on the radio station to get us back in the studio. The the callers got to do Tom, it. They got to call. You, you can <laughs> put heat on one hand and crap in the other and see which gets... Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to work, buddy. I know, but hey, it, it was a thought, you know? Have until the, until we the, can have, change... Until we can change this epidemic. Yeah, but I, ah, uh, boy. You know, we, we could say stay far enough apart between you, me, and Sam. You know, we could stay far enough apart. We got enough Lysol and those wipes and all that. We we could we could uh, spray them on each other if we wanted to. Gee whiz. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, you know what was canceled this spring, Tom, uh, due to that? the virus? Uh, the Wisconsin Conservation Congress hearings. Um, those were the in-person ones were canceled. Uh, that was news, and typically it's in all it's what 72 public meetings. Uh, do we have what right. 72 counties or something like that? Correct, correct. Okay, never really realized how many counties we got. But the good news is they received a they did it online. They received a record-setting six. Nine hundred forty-three responses to the twenty twenty spring hearing questionnaire. I'm going to repeat um, that because you broke out. You know, because your your microphone kicks you out about every twenty seconds. You leave for about a second, and nobody heard you say sixty-four thousand. So 64, I'm just re- okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Thousand nine hundred forty-three responses to the twenty twenty spring hearing. Right, and I think a lot of those were. Let's put it this way. I did not trust that over the Internet. I think there can be a lot of tomfoolery going around. What what do you mean don't trust it? You mean people are I don't trust it. I think that too many people who don't believe in the fishing and hunting opportunities like we do uh, would be voting against everything. That, I mean, that's just a feeling I got. I just don't trust it. I'm, I'm sorry, I just don't. It seems like when you have to go to the spring fishing game hearings, those are the people that are really concerned, you know, really, really concerned that want to go. I mean, granted, there's some people who can't go, you know, so the, the computer part was good for that. But I don't know. I just, I'm just i just suspect of it, you know. I kind of think the Russians and, and, uh, and the DNR are colluding together, you know. I don't know. <laughs> What are you talking about? The people, the people, they're they're the ones out wearing masks, ten masks, and scared to go to the grocery store. They're not bothering. They're the save the bunny guys. They're they're not bothering with the spring hearings. As a matter of fact, they don't just send those spring hearings questionnaires to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. They send it to people who are like. Uh, license buyers and stuff yeah from license holders yeah that's what i heard that people who have licenses would get them so you're not gonna have a bunch of anti-hunters who are license holders well so i and 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 it's not like they're necessarily voting on like the morning dove hunt yeah i understand what you're saying years ago that they had a bunch of anti-hunters that would things to vote on proposed hunts but on topics ranging from baiting and feeding deer to the use of non-toxic ammunition on state-owned land 
I, I don't think there's too many of those people that are really interested in those subjects. No. Hey, Danny, I, I don't know if you read this or not uh, about, uh, oh, gee, it was, I'm just trying to think of what it was. It was some public official down in Racine or, I don't know, Racine or Kenosha. Uh, I think it's in the Wisconsin Outdoor News Magazine that this public official was fined for shooting deer outside his cabin window and some other violations. I, and I forget what he was. Uh, boy, I, I'm going to have to look that up, but I just thought it was really interesting that when a public official who gets voted into office gets caught for doing illegal things, I don't know, I, w- I wonder if they're going to get voted in next year. What are, are you saying you're surprised the politician did something illegal? No, 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 I'm not surprised about that. <laughs> There's a news flash. A crooked politician. Oh, wow, what an anomaly. Never well, seen what, that before. What next, huh? Hey, uh, yeah. if just for any of our listeners, if you do want to try and get the results of the spring hearings, you can go to the DNR website and type in the words spring hearings. And evidently, you can get the results of uh, what what uh, the input was on some of those issues. Mm-hmm. Now, coming up next after this break, we have the Hornschwago, which is sponsored by Carl's Country Market, out there in uh, Menominee Falls on the corner of Pilgrim and Silver Spring. And if you win the Hornschwago, you'll get a ten dollar gift certificate gift certificate to Carl's Country Markets. And also, it's brought to you by. Uh, Baitmate Fish Attractants and Coleman Insect Repellents. And with them, you'll get a real nice prize package that they've already, you know, figured out what they're going to send you. Bushy's not going to ask you, you know, what you would like. They, they got it all figured out. They'll send you a really nice prize package. I, so I, bu- I got Bushy, one, yeah. one, dis- one disclaimer I want to add real quick to that, though. Yeah. Um, I mail out the Carl's Country certificates, and then I did email last week's winner. Uh, I believe his name was Gary, I think. Um, I to the the bait, good folks at Baitmate. Now, typically in years past, they would always respond with an email back to me saying, "Got it." I did not right. get an email response, so I'm wondering with this COVID thing, if 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 there is any kind of a shutdown where maybe somebody's not in the office. Uh, I don't, I don't know what the scoop is. There. Um, you know, hope, hopefully, uh, if you don't get the prize package right away, we've got the names. Eventually, you should get that prize package, but you'll get the Carl's Country Market Certificate right away. Right, and we know they're open. So, so anyway, Danny, are you ready with your three statements? Uh, let's go to break first. Okay, you got to write them up first. <laughs> well, don't, we right, got, don't, don't we normally do it after the break? Yeah. we got to yeah, give someone after, a chance well, to that, call. Yeah, that's what I mean. I thought I'm hoping you're ready with them, you know. So. I was born ready. I got them uh, right here, buddy. Okay, great. All right. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we've been brought to you by uh, Baitmade Fish Attractants, and this is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan, and 12.50 AM. We'll be right back. Okay, we're here. We're live. We're really prepared because now Bushy's uh, Bushy's connection failed again. So we gotta just wait a couple minutes to do the horn schwabble. Gotta wait till he's uh, coming back. Him and uh, Sam are working on it. 
uh, yeah, sometimes that happens when we're doing this. There, see, what we got to do is we got to use uh, smartphones, and there's this app called, I don't know, Lucy Lou or Lucy something app, which supposedly makes it sound like you're at the radio station. And the funny thing is, is that uh, all the all, all the show hosts are doing that, you know, like from their homes. They're all using this, but Am for I, some reason, you got this me? kicks out every now and then. Oh, I hear him. He's back now. Look at all the right, skipper Danny. buds. Cutting edge Take outdoors. And do we have a Hornswoggle contestant? Yes, Curtis from Sussex. Curtis, how are you doing? Good morning, how are you doing? Curtis. How are you doing? How are you doing? Doing okay. Okay. So here we go. Uh, our topic today is on Wisconsin. So here we go. Lake Winnebago is the, the largest natural lake as far as surface area in Wisconsin with over 130,000 acres. Hornswoggle or no Hornswoggle? Lake Winnebago. No Hornswoggle. No Hornswoggle, okay. Good Very job. good. Okay. Uh, Mud Lake. Mud Lake is one of the most common lake names in Wisconsin with 116 lakes. Lake, at least 116 lakes in Wisconsin named Mud Lake. Hornswoggle or no Hornswoggle? Hornswoggle. That's a no Hornswoggle. <laughs> no Hornswoggle. Oh, lots, they fooled me on that one. Lots of, lots of mud, lots of mud lakes. Hey. Here, here's here's the five most common names. Long, Spring, and Lost. Hey, start that over, Danny. You kicked out in the beginning. Okay. The uh, the lakes, the five most common lakes in Wisconsin are actually Mud, Bass, Long, Spring, and Lost Lake. That's a fact. That's not a hornswoggle. Okay. You're one out of two. One out of two. Um, our is a great bass fisherman. Hornswoggle oh. or no hornswoggle? You cut out a little bit. Could you repeat that name? Yeah, you kicked out again, Danny. Tom Neubauer. Tom Neubauer is a great bass fisherman. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? No hornswoggle. No hornswoggle. Very good. You are a winner. So we will have Sam get your information, and uh, we'll get those packages out to you. Thanks for playing. Thank you. All well, right, Tommy. So, so Sam, I gotta wonder why is Danny schmoozing up to me? Does he want me to buy breakfast or something? No, I, oh yeah, <laughs> that's why. In fact, Tom, Tom, here's the deal. Tom will offer to buy breakfast at the restaurant because they're closed. So oh, there you go. Hey, I never thought of that. That's right. Yeah. Now it's prime time for you to uh, for you to ask. Hey, here's some interesting trivia, Tom. Um, that we mentioned the the largest surface was Lake Winnebago. Can you think of another lake that you think would be on the top five in Wisconsin, a big lake? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Mm. Is Lake Geneva up there? That's over 5,000 acres. I don't no, know. And, well, here now, it's in... what a... Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, what about like a flowage, like Chippewa flowage? Bingo, bingo. That's like yep. 17,000 acres, but it's, is, am I right about 17 or 19,000 acres? Uh, Chippewa, Chippewa flowage, 15,300, okay. it says. 
But it's um, like made up of so many other, you know, no, so many lakes they call, you know. The other one they have is Petenwell. Petenwell, oh yeah, and Castle Rock. 23,000. Yeah. Uh, we've got Poygan with 14,000 and Castle Rock 13,955. So yeah. yeah, yeah, you were pretty pretty close. I guess I wasn't thinking high enough when I said Geneva. <laughs> about the deepest lakes in Wisconsin? I know that for a fact. That Lake Wazee is the I can't believe lake. you got that. <laughs> lake Wazee. And then the second one would be Big Green. Wow. You amaze me, Tom. Uh, <laughs> lake Wazee in Jackson County. 350 feet. Who in the heck ever heard of Lake Wazee other than you, Tom? Well, it used to be a, a quarry many years ago. It was some type of quarry that uh, they must have hit groundwater and it filled up. But, uh, no, I heard about it many years ago because I would use it for a uh, trivia question, you know. But if you're talking about a natural lake, uh, the deepest natural lake is Big Green. And what does that get down to, like 235, 40 feet, something like that? Wow, it says in my book here, 236 feet. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll bet you'll never get the third one, though. I probably wouldn't, <laughs> no. Red Granite Quarry. Yeah, see, another quarry, yeah. Red Granite Quarry in Washera County, 163 feet. Lake Geneva, 135 feet. And Lorville Quarry, uh, Washera County, 120 feet. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, it, I would like to actually to start fishing Lake Geneva more often. That seems like a, I mean, I've been out, I've fished it twice in my life. And I would like to do that more often because that seems like a really interesting lake, you know. A lot of interesting structure, all the different species of fish, and, and some that we don't get a chance to fish on on some of the lakes around here, you know. So, you know, like the lake, aren't there lake trout and brown trout in that lake? Um, in uh, Lake Geneva? Yeah. Well, I think, that, I know that I've heard lake trout. Maybe, yeah, lake trout. I thought there were brown that. trout, too. Pro yeah. Probably. Interesting that you uh, mentioned that, Tom. have a report or a caller coming in. Now, he's turkey hunting right now, but uh, JT, Jim Tostrud, he's from Kenosha. He's been guiding, oh, I'm guessing, for over 20 years on Lake Geneva. He's sponsored through, uh, through Jelenski's down there in Kenosha. And he's going to give us a call if they this morning. So as soon as he shoots a turkey, which he was pretty confident that he might, uh, he's going to give us a call. So maybe within the next hour, we'll get a Lake Geneva update. All right. And with that, we got to go to the top of the hour break. So folks, stay tuned for more with him, Dan Bush, me, Tom Neubauer, Sam Schmidt on the boards. And of course, you people listening. Thank you very much for that. We'll be right back with more. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! Ha, ha, ha! You're on the crazy train! All aboard! <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. 
Well, we're rounding that first turn, getting into the home stretch. It's the second hour of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. He's Dan, I'm Tom, Sam is on the board. Sam is the lucky one. He's back at the station. Me and Danny are roughing it out here by Pewaukee Lake where I'm watching whitecaps going by. Anyway, if you want to become part of the show, want to brag about something, tell us a fishing report, or uh, just want to ask us a question or make a comment, call us at 414-799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. And Danny, are you there? Am I here? Oh, you are there. Good. I'm here. Well, I think I'm here. <laughs> okay. I, You know, I'm out here, and I, I was just looking at this, uh, something that's hung up by the window here. Yeah. And it says, top ten reasons why men prefer guns over women. Should I give them to you? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Reason number ten that men uh, prefer guns over women. You can trade an old 44 for a new 22. Number nine, you can keep one gun at home and have another for when you're on the road. Number eight, if you if you admire a friend's gun and tell him so, he will probably let you try it out a few times. Another reason why uh, men prefer guns over re- women, number seven, your primary gun doesn't mind if you keep another gun for a backup. Number six, your gun will stay with you even if you run out of ammo. Number five, a gun doesn't take up a lot of closet space. Well, that's true. Uh, Number four, why uh, men prefer guns over women, is guns function normally every day of the month. Number three, a gun doesn't ask, do these new grips make me look fat? Number two, a gun doesn't mind if you go to sleep after you use it. And the number one reason why men prefer guns over women, you can buy a silencer for a gun. <laughs> so, I'm glad. And you've got this sitting in your hallway. I'm glad Louie got me that. That Is was that a right? Christmas present from Louie, of all people. So, That's funny. I'm glad you brought that up, Tom, because as many of our listeners know, I'm retiring in two weeks. And as part of my retirement, I was thinking of... So it's kind of either get a dog or maybe I get a woman and settle down. So somebody told me, Bush, way better idea to get a dog. And here the 10 reasons are. So this is the reason I'm going to get a dog instead of a woman when I retire. So here it is. Uh, Why are dogs better than a woman? Number 10, the later you are, the more are to see you. Uh, Number nine, dogs don't notice if you call them by another dog's name. Uh, Number uh, eight. Dogs like it if you leave a lot of things on the floor. Number seven, a dog's parents never visit. Number six, you never have to wait for a dog. They're ready to go 24 hours a day. Uh, Number five, dogs find you amusing when you're drunk. Uh, Number four, a dog will not wake you up at night to ask, if I died, would you get another dog? Uh, Number three, if a dog has babies, you can put an ad in the paper and give them away. Uh, number two, if a dog smells another dog on you, they just think it's interesting. And the number one reason to get a dog instead of a woman is, if a dog leaves you, it doesn't take half your stuff. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Boy, we're just a font of information for our audience today, aren't we? Yep. And we're, yeah, just and we're a, probably... Uh, Ticking off a lot of women out there. Well, no, we're just—they all know it's all in. Uh, we know. all know it's all in good fun. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah, I think we're good. I think we're yeah, good. Yeah, un- until they're waiting for us outside, you know, in the night with a baseball bat. <laughs> don't, you, better not, don't do that, folks. Can yeah, you possibly but, share with us, though, Tom, or is this some top, top secret? Where are you guys supposed to go walleye fishing today? No, I'm not going to say where. You know, I, I, I don't want the boat launch full of fans, you know, wanting autographs and all that and taking pictures and kissing babies. No, <laughs> no I, uh, well, there's only so many spots on this lake, you know, so I don't want to tell people where it is. Uh, I'll tell I'll tell everybody next week if we did any good. Uh, no, you won't. You won't. Yeah, I, honest, I will. You never... I really will. So. Yeah, <laughs> I will. But yeah. let me ask you. You, but just and you and no, we don't have ten thousand people listening. You like to go to those small little lakes. Well, last year I started doing that. My sons and I were started going to a bunch of these little lakes that are like, I don't know. I think the biggest one might have been three hundred acres. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, we caught lots of fish. Now, basically, we were catching a lot of bass. Okay. And, uh, and, but it was a lot of fun. And, uh, and it's surprising how some of these lakes, you know, they can be busy or not busy. You know, it all depends, I guess. But I was just surprised at the action on a lot of these lakes. And one lake in particular, uh, they had a slot size on, on bass that uh, if they were 14 to 18 inches, they had to go back. But uh, now this year, you can keep five bass. Last year, it was three bass with one being over 18, so that you could catch three of them that were like 13 inches, let's say, and keep them if you wanted. This year it's five. See, the thing is they want to get rid of all these little bass. There's there's a, quite an abundance of little bass in this lake. And uh, so I'll tell you what, you give me five of those 13-inch bass, that makes one heck of a good fish fry. So anyway, who do you got on the line there, Sam? We got Bill in Pleasant Prairie. Bill, you're on the Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, good morning, Bill. Good morning, guys. What's on your mind? I agree with you. I caught the back end of the DNR survey. Survey. I like it better when you're in person and you have to show your driver's license. And I have a yeah. question for Danny. Yeah. Sure. Danny, which uh, bait bait attractant do you use for trolling on your crankbait, and where do you get it at? Since I'm down here and I'm, I can't drive around too much, I had an eye surgery right now. Okay. Um, I like to get. Um, they call it uh, bait mate. Uh, it's it's like it's like a, a little container like of chapstick. It's a, it's a small little thing, and you it's like a paste that you can just hide of your crankbait. Um, they call it. It's it's kind of escaping me right now. Um, Smoke like a like flavor. They have different flavors that you that you like or. Well, as far as as far as the overall one, I like the game fish one, which is kind of like a spray with. It's a combination, I think, of garlic and salt. That one, okay. round one, just to just to have, just spray that on your baits. But they I think they call it the bait mate stick. Um, uh-huh. But it, it's a small little, like I said, size chapstick. And the reason I like that is the other stuff. If you put it on a hard crankbait, you just figure it's going to wash off. Whereas this right. stuff is kind of like a paste, and it stays on there. Yeah, okay. And you can, can find them at Smokey's Musky Shop. They've got them. Do they have them at Smokey's? Okay. Well, they did last year. So I hope okay. they have them this year. But I think Fleet Farm has them for sure. Okay. Yeah, thank you, guys. They've got, yeah, you betcha. Yeah, they've got quite you a selection. Do a great job. Oh, thanks, guys. 
Thanks, Thank man. you. Yeah, I can't remember, Tom, what that baitmate, uh, what that one specifically is called. But baitmate has a wide, wide, uh, wide array of different uh, flavors. They've got the dip as well, which is kind of like a big jar, and you can kind of dip your bait in. I think they yeah, call it the flip and dip. I think it's like Vaseline, that consistency. It'll stick right to your bait for for quite a while, I guess. Yeah. So, and now for Tom, for you, you for years, you've yeah. been a big fan of the garlic. All righty. Right. What? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Uh, Sam was talking to me. For you, for yourself, Tom, aren't you a big fan of the garlic? Definitely. Definitely, the garlic and salt, man. I'll tell you. That is, yep, without a doubt, whether it for, for, be for bass, walleye, panfish, uh, there's something, and, and pike, yeah, you betcha, that garlic and salt. That's that's my go-to. That's my favorite. That's the only and, one I have in the boat. And you had an interesting story years ago. Is there some reason why those those bass might like garlic? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, the Chompers Bait Company, uh, they make a lot of plastic, you know, worms and craws and different stuff like that out of plastic i was talking to them quite a few years ago and i asked them the question i said why garlic why are you putting garlic in your bags you know scenting your worms with garlic and the guy said he used to own a tackle a bait shop and he came into the bait shop one day and his employee was there already and uh he smelled something and he says uh do you have pizza and the guy says, no, why? He says, well, I smell something, kind of like garlic. You got garlic bread around here? He says, no, I don't. So he started walking around the store smelling. And when he got over to the crayfish tank, because down south they sell, sell a lot of crayfish, he started smelling, and that smell, that garlicky smell, was coming out of the crayfish tank. And it turns out that crayfish, when they molt, you know, and lose their skin, they give off this faint smell that's kind of like what we think of as a garlic smell. Bass tend to love it, so he started putting this in his plastic worms in the Ziploc bags. Well, guess what? After a number of years, all the companies it seemed like were putting garlic in it. All the companies, and they also Chompers also makes a a garlic oil that you can spray on your baits and that. Well, guess what? A lot of other companies started make garlic sprays, you know, because it works. So that was about it. Could you just like take some regular garlic though? <laughs> just you know, put it on your bait. I probably. You know, I'll tell you, you know, funny thing, uh, there's a place out in Okachi that sells garlic wax worms. And they're super good for pan fishing. They're excellent, especially for ice fishing. Oh man, they're awesome. Garlic wax worms. So one time I decided to take that garlic oil and spray it on the uh, a little container of wax worms. Well, that killed them all. So <laughs> that wasn't such a good idea. Uh, but I was just wondering if you put a few pieces of garlic in there or garlic shavings in with the, the wax worms. I wonder if they'll eat that and that's why they smell like wax worms. I don't know how they get them to smell like wax worms. I mean, like garlic, but they do, you know. So maybe well, somebody I, can figure that out and tell us. I will say this, Tom, using the mini mites. Uh, the mini mites are a are a are a great bait, um, but when things would slow on panfish out here, I would spray some of that bait mate, some of the uh, game fish bait mate, 
onto the you know plastic on the mini mite and make a cast it seemed like eight times out of ten nine times out of ten that very next cast after i put the bait mate on i'd get another bluegill it just seemed like to freshen it up periodically it did seem to yeah definitely yeah you, you have to fresh freshen it up because it does wear off you know even eventually how but about, you know huh go ahead how about for scents for like musky and pike what do you think well i still like the garlic and salt for pike because of the fact that pike eat a lot of crayfish so you know i'm going to still do that uh, musky I, ne- I never used any scents on the muskies it almost seems like uh i don't know i, I you know i never really put any scents on muskies i probably should you know, I think, you know, I, I think later on I started squirting some of the garlic stuff on the bucktails. But as far as the hard baits, like the slammers and the topwaters, no, I never did. I, I probably should, but I just never did. Maybe I'll start doing that this year, Danny. I'll get some you know, of that, that rub. <laughs> I have tried several things throughout the years. And uh and Steve Milliot did years ago. We were going up to Lake of the Woods. And we're telling fish stories. And then he tells me that he'd just gotten some hot secret from somebody that the guy claimed that he uses pike slime on his bucktails because muskies will eat smaller pike. So we yes, thought that will. that would be the hot ticket. Okay. Up to Lake of the Woods. And, of course, we catch a few pike and we save them to flay and eat, uh, largely because I failed to pack enough food for that week. So we were forced to eat the damn bush pike <laughs> diet. We both lost 10 pounds, by the way. It's better than Atkins. Um, anyway, we would take the, the skins off the pike and we climb all over our bucktails, right? I'll tell you. Yeah. It made for one stinky tackle box, but it didn't seem to work any better than any other bucktail so that big thing about the slime on the bucktail never tried it again yeah i i I, sometimes i wonder about some of these things uh you know we we did some tests uh one of my sons and i a couple of times where we did it where we put the garlic on a mini mite and then would have a mini mite or and a minnow next to each other all three of them and the one with the with the the mini mite with the garlic would get hit first uh, every time would get hit first. The other ones we'd catch fish on, but but the the garlic one would get hit first every time, every single time. So yeah, I'm a firm believer in it. I I definitely. As a matter of fact, today I brought along some jigs and craws and stuff like that because I'm going to squirt them with the garlic salt, you know, bait mate, and uh, try to catch a few bass too. Well, Heck, maybe the walleyes will bite it. <laughs> well, the other, um, the other type, okay, the the other type of uh, thing that people would use on for pike is WD-40. Now you've heard of that, haven't you? Oh yeah, yeah I, I've heard about that, and I can't figure for the life of me why they would put that on. <laughs> and, and and it seems like more so for ice fishing. Um, and and pike, they do say that like up in the Bay of Green Bay, pike will be rooting around in the in the bottom of the of the uh, bay there trying to find frogs or dead yep, fish yep. and and that the pike will bottom pike are bottom feeders more often than what you think and they'll scarf up a dead minnow so therefore guys will use a dead smelt and put it you know a foot off bottom and of course smelt 
are, are, you know, real stinky. I, I've even tried that, Tom, where I'd take some smelt and, and I'd try rubbing some smelt onto, like, my and figure I'll have that smelt smell. But I, huh. I don't know. Whether, whether or not it, it really works or not, I haven't been able to see anything that was definitive as far as uh, scents in, in pike and muskies. Right. Well, let's put it this way. I always look at it this way. I, I don't think you, I, I think that scents don't hurt. Sometimes they can help, but I don't think they ever hurt. So with that, we got to go to a commercial break, Danny. So we'll be right back, folks. You're listening to 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, The Fan. Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, uh, 414-799-1250. If you have a hunting, fishing report, question, call here, guys. Yeah, we are uh, brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. So uh, you can help us out by helping them out. <laughs> buy some of those, buy some of that stuff. <laughs> Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, the sun's coming out, Danny. I bet you the temperature's going up. You heard uh, any uh, reports from the Bay of Green Bay? No, I have not. And I was hoping that maybe uh, Dave Olson. Oh, by the way, we should probably let everybody know that our old uh, advertising manager, Ron, we attack at Don Heidenreich, uh, Ron uh, retired from being our advertising manager, and our new advertising manager is Dave Olson. So uh, we, we affectionately call him the Big O. So uh, he's the guy who you're going to have to contact. You know what, Danny? We're going to have to get uh, uh, his number so that people can contact him in case they're interested in advertising on the show. But no, no I, I have not heard anything about the Bay. He did, he did do pretty well earlier this year. Uh, he did get some big walleyes up there. Uh, I don't know if he's gone back there uh, or not. I, from what I've heard, Tom, the guides have pretty much um, shut down business as far as guiding while this, uh, right. while this thing is going on. Hopefully, uh, what, May 26th? Is that the, uh, the day that, our, that we're supposed to be shut down to? Is that... Uh, I think that yeah, is it. That's what I heard. I mean, it could be sooner. Well, May 26th uh, is a Tuesday. What? Why did they pick May 26th, <laughs> a Tuesday? That doesn't uh, make sense to me. Wouldn't they make it like a Friday <laughs> yeah, or a Sunday? Or, or a Sunday? So that What's special about May? Oh, I get it. I get uh, it. Uh, Memorial Day is the 25th. Oh, so people have off of work on Monday, the ones that are working. But then again, a lot of the people. No, Tom, they want to keep people. They want to keep people apart. They want to keep people separated. So they want to extend that through Memorial Weekend because they don't want a don't want a bunch of people, you know, thirty relatives in one backyard. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. All this stuff is uh, above my pay grade, I'll tell you that much. Hey, Danny, uh, do you remember when the Spanish flu was around many years ago and killed many, many, many people? Do you remember that? Was that uh, in the early 1900s or late 1800s? Uh, no, I 
And Tom, I, I don't no, remember, I know, recall but that. I'm just wondering if you might remember. I thought it was like the early 1900s. And seeing back then, people couldn't travel as much as they do now, you know, with the airplanes going back and forth and everything. So the Spanish flu basically, you know, stayed in Spain and wherever those people were going. But I guess that killed a lot of people, kind of like this uh, COVID-19 coronavirus is. So, you know, it's another another type of flu, but just a little worse. So, anyway. Well, I, was, I don't know, that just popped into my head about the Spanish flu. All, all I know is, with this going on now, it's forced me really work with the old technology. I, I was forced to get myself this new phone with the app. Uh, I've been using my phone for meetings for my work. Um, I've, I've been learning more technology than I have in my previous entire life. Yeah, people would ask, Android. Well, like Android, what? I got R two D two sitting right here next to me. What do you mean do I have an Android? You know, is this Star Wars? I mean, I have no idea what this terminology means. And uh, so I'm learning slow but sure. I'll tell you. Well, Danny, I'm just an old diehard. I I don't I don't want to become a slave to social media and all the smartphones and the Androids and whatever. I I uh, I will still continue to say. If you want to reach me, call me. Don't text me because I'm not going to read it. But just call me. I promise I'll pick up sooner or later. Uh, but, yeah, I just, I just, you know, I don't know. Maybe sometimes I think I'm just too old to learn new tricks, you know? Well, you are kind of like a grumpy old man. Yeah, so. that's what my wife says, and I don't you know why. You are a grumpy I think, old guy. I, I, I think I, I'm a sweetheart. No, no, and for the life of me, I can't believe you won't read a text. I mean, no, everybody no. will read a text. Well, why should I? Somebody can call me. And besides that, I generally, you know, I need, I need my cheater glasses to read the text. Listen, and I don't, I, I don't have them with me when somebody texts. You know, it's called the Dollar Tree store, buddy. You oh, go I in, you buy five of them for five bucks. You scatter I, them everywhere. Like, I do, you know, but I just don't have. Infra, yeah, sprinkle the have one out, I don't have one out in the backyard. I can't look at my phone when I'm driving. You know, I mean, there's places where you know I just don't have it, and so I just figured, hey, why bother even reading one? And people will expect me to read more. I don't want people expecting me to do that. And by the way, hey, you kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> you know, I will say that um, I, I have this new phone, and I'm st I still haven't set, up, set it up where I can check my email on it. Um, I guess I know I, I can do that. And yes, you can. I probably should, because I was up in Door County last year, Fishing and of emails me asking about you know booking a fishing trip and I don't respond in three days. Well, they don't know that you, unlike the rest of the world, aren't checking your email till a week later when you get home. They assume right. that you see that message right away. So I'd get the phone calls. I'd get the irate two days later going, "Geez, I sent you three emails. You never." And it's like, well, hey, dude, I you know don't check don't have that access well now i guess i do so i might have to break down and figure that part out yeah you won't have an excuse now see I, I look at my email every first thing in the morning okay i look at it once a day in the morning after that i don't look at it again so and i have the sound turned off so like 
you know, a lot of computers will have a certain sound that lets you know you got an email. Well, I turn that off. I don't want to be bothered with that. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, well, we might as well go to a break, Danny. We're getting break off now. the beaten path. We're, we, yeah, we should probably come back with some fishing or hunting. Not much hunting going on right now, but we can talk some more fishing stuff. Turkey. Know, there and, is some turkey. We did oh, talk some right. turkey yeah. last week. So. We can talk turkey. Uh, okay, that and uh, 799-1250 is a phone number if people want to get in touch with us. We're sponsored by Baitmate Fish Attractants. So stay tuned for more with him. He's Dan and me. I'm Tom. And, of course, Sam's always on the boards. Thank you, Sam. We'll be right back with more. Welcome back. Welcome back to Skipper Buds. Brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractant. We want to thank all our listeners out there. We always make it a special point to thank the law enforcement officers, military and healthcare workers, and all those people out there uh, making America great. And uh, on the line, we've got uh, Rick from the Muskie Shop, correct? That is correct. Hey, good morning, Rick. Morning. How are you? So you sound, yeah, you sound really fired up and awake there, buddy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been an exciting morning. So let me is, ask you, I, I was out there on Thursday, and it was wall-to-wall people. Now we got kind of a cold Saturday morning. What's going on today? Actually, not a whole lot. Just a couple people out. I don't have any rentals out. I did take a couple calls for rentals, so that's good. Some people are going to start coming out. I'm sure the cold weather, you know, kept them away this morning. Sunshine, water temperatures going up. Fish should hopefully get a little active this afternoon. Yeah. And now, that, that wind that wind doesn't help any, does it? Well, the wind died down nice over here. I don't know what it's like down by you guys, but uh. Oh no, here, we got white caps down here. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's white it's caps. Pretty nice here. Oh, okay. It's pretty nice, nice and quiet. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, I haven't cast it off the docks yet. Maybe I will. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we're busy. You guys had a musky cruising. Go ahead. You guys had a musky cruising around there, didn't you, by the pier? Yeah, yeah, we've had one sitting around in this bay right here by the bait shop where it's a little calmer. You know, they like to hold in there once in a while. So, you know, there's, uh, there's been one or two that's hanging around. You know, we should let people know that, uh... For years, Rick would be, well, he'd get to the muskie shop like a half hour early, and he'd cast off the dock. And how many muskies have you caught casting off the dock? I'd say probably close to 20. Yeah, <laughs> amazing, just amazing. There, I mean, and, and I'm not the only one. There's other guys here that have, that have done the same thing and caught fish. I mean, yeah. we've had pictures of fish being caught. I used to have one that hang around quite a bit, old uh, hook jaw. Haven't seen him oh. for a few years, but... I remember that one. I think that one might have been caught or something. And then there was yeah. that one with the broken back. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, we but had a few pets in. there for a while. I mean, it uh, seems like uh, a beautiful day down here. I mean, come on out. we got plenty of bait, plenty of tackle. Check out the shop. Uh, you know, rent a boat. It is, actually is Tom, how'd nice you know, right here. How did you know that much? Did you give it an MRI or something? What's well, that? no, you could you could just see it's there was a problem with its back, like yeah. it, you know it was it was it was weird. <laughs> yeah, well, like it had a broken back. Yeah, it was a muscular yeah. scoliosis. Yeah, hey, something like that. I'll tell you a funny story. Talk about catching him off the dock there, Rick. Uh, years ago, a friend, Underville, and he was like a musky addict, hardcore supreme. And there was a tournament on Pewaukee, 
and there are a whole bunch of boats out there and he was just coming into the muskie shop there he was at the end of the pier and he'd fished all day long and caught nothing and i happened to come driving by and i walked out on the end of the pier to talk to him and he says to me let me show you this new rod i got here here try that just cast that out just chuck he he goes uh here i'll put a i'll put a bait on there so he put on a, a punisher which was a glide bait he says here just take try this i make one cast i give it two twitches and kaboom a 42 inch muskie nails it i wind the muskie in and he he says you want a picture i'm like no he does the release and i just hand him the rod back and i go yeah yeah rod works really good i like it you're right and that was it man <laughs> well, I've, I've done something similar to that i didn't catch the fish but i've been out on a tournament and came in to, to come off the lake after the tournament pulled up to the dock and right by the boat landing is a 40 inch fish sitting right at the boat landing isn't that something i mean well, it's, it's, and it's just laying right where everybody puts their boat in just just laying there in the bottom it's like really? Troy, it, Troy Woodrow went up to northern Wisconsin one time, and he fished with guides for like three days straight, and he didn't catch anything. So when they went back, in, he grabbed the rod, went down by the shoreline cast, and caught a 38-inch muskie. So well, it actually, it, I think it actually aggravated the guides. So when, when he lived out here, he used to sit off his dock and catch fish while everybody's going out in their boat. He'd sit on his dock with, a, with beer and just sit there and catch fish left and right. Mm-hmm. Who said anything about you're involved there? What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, on that same point, uh, years ago at the World Muskie Hunt, everybody, you know, goes out on Monaco and they're all over Monaco, Tomahawk, Kawagasaga, looking for muskies. I pull up to the, you know, at, at Bosaki's where it was headed at, uh, where you would take off from and all that. Uh, they had a gas pump there. Anybody familiar with Bosaki's from years ago? They had a gas pump. Well, guess what was laying underneath the gas pump? Not one muskie, but two muskies laying right underneath the gas pump, you know, the dock there. And it's like everybody's driving all over the place, and here they're right there, <laughs> right where their boats are parked. Yeah, it's strange. strange. You, know, you know, the rock bar out here always holds a fish or two. You know, yeah. Everybody drives right by it, but yet you can sit there and, you know, some days you can catch two of them in a, in a morning. I've yeah. never caught a goddamn thing on that rock bar. I don't know. I just have zero luck out there. I've tried it. Looks like it should be good. Should be some. I would think. Yeah, I've caught a few bass out there on the yeah, rock bar. A lot of bass yeah. out there. A lot of bass. Yeah. So, yeah, Rick, you know, wasn't it a couple years ago some guys came down from Michigan, fished all week long, and then they caught a 51 incher on a creeper off that rock bar? Yep. Yep. And uh, they also the week they came back the following week and went over to Taylor's Bay and got another one. They got another big one. Another yeah. fifty incher. Yeah. Wow. That Some was people the next are just week? have all the luck. That was <laughs> the next week or the next year? No, the next week. The next week. The next week. Wow. So yeah, how how's things look. how's things going with the new boss Craig? Uh great. Craig's a great person to work for. Uh, yeah, he is. A, he's a nice guy. I shouldn't have put him on the spot last week. He was trying to, <laughs> he was trying to work something, a problem out. And here I'm sticking that phone up to his face. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He gets paid good money for it. Okay, well that's good. But no, he's a he's a good guy, and uh, I'm sure all you guys will you know work well together. And I saw your son was working there, huh? Yeah, yeah. He started working there. He's kind of a fill-in for when everybody's on vacation, which yeah. happens a lot around here. Oh, that's nice. You can at least keep an eye on him. 
Right. <laughs> Rick, what is the report after one week as far as muskies caught on and any other lakes that you might have heard about? Um, I've heard it's been a little slow on Okachi. People have been raising fish and but not getting them to commit. Uh, the bite out here um, during the middle of the week was a little slow. There was uh, a nice 50-and-a-half-inch caught on Wednesday that I heard of. Uh, yesterday, there was a couple guys went out yesterday in that wind, and, uh, yeah, they were out there for just a couple hours. It was pretty brutal yesterday. Um, the other couple days during the week, I have not heard much. What was funny was last week, Saturday, opening day, was a beautiful day. Fish were moving, fish were being caught. I mean, in all species, walleyes, northerns, crappies, muskies. Sunday was, you know, a little bit cooler, but it was like dead sea. It's completely shut off on Sunday. Wow. So 50 and a half on Wednesday night, you said? 40 and a half. 40 and a half. 40 and a half. Okay. Okay. So some decent fish going anyway. Yeah. I mean, the opening day there was uh, 42, a couple of 38s. I mean, there were some decent fish caught on, on opening day. So so what are most people doing? Are they just throwing uh, glide baits, uh, twitch baits, uh, crank baits, suckers? Uh, what What are most of the guys doing that are getting the fish? Uh, a couple of guys got fish on suckers, but most of the guys are throwing either small rubbers with blade attachments. Uh, slammers have been working pretty good. A lot of guys have been taking the slammers out. Uh, the twitch baits have been working real, real well. Um, glide baits have been working good. Uh, the golden shiner for the slammers. Um, crappie pattern for glide baits has been working real well. And uh, bright colors for the rubbers. That uh, That golden shiner for the slammer. That has been a top color for over 20 years now. I, I was 20 years ago or longer. I went out with Steve Milliot fishing in May, fishing piers, and he was using the Golden Shiner Slammer. I mean, yeah, that's that just is, been a go-to bait. That is one of the fastest-selling baits in this shop. Gotcha. And yeah, I had a guy come in this morning, did the same thing, asked me the same questions. What you know, what's been working? Haven't been out here in a little while. What's been working? Yeah, I mean it. It is a it is a main a mainstay bait out here. Now you do have the suckers. There. Are you yep. pretty much stocking just the smaller size suckers right now? Yes. A lot of guys, you know, a lot of guys fish the the, the river. I heard has been doing real well. The uh, the Fox River in Waukesha has been producing real well. A lot of well, guys come in here and they buy the the northern mix, the smaller suckers. Yep. And they've been doing real well down by the dam and uh, south of the park, from what I've heard. You know, I talked to a guy 15 years ago, young guy, and he pulled out and showed me some pictures. And uh, he showed me some big muskies, and he kind of whispered whispered so nobody else could hear that he was getting them in the river. So that kind of, a, a for some people, a secret for a long time now and that nobody really targets those fish a whole lot no a lot of the locals that, are, that live in town there seem to seem to know it pretty well um you know they, they've got to be getting out of here because i don't think they're stocking them there <laughs> well oh yeah and in fact actually go all the way down to illinois i talked to a guy from illinois years ago and he said we love pewaukee lake we get pewaukee lake muskies down here with tags they make it, believe it or not, all the way down through that river system uh, down down there. So in that, now I've always thought the park in Waukesha, if you were to just sit on the shore, throw out a bobber, 
and just sit there on the shore of the Troy Woodrow Special, you'd probably catch northerns and muskies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and it's nice and small. i got a nice canoe. Taking the canoe down there actually isn't too bad either, as long as you got somebody to pick you up unless you want to paddle all the way back. Yeah, and I, I think Comar did that whole river on down, casting different little holes and stuff. He claimed he saw a giant tiger muskie in there. said he saw a giant. So, uh, but then Comar drinks. No, he doesn't. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> not no, anymore. I was joking. <laughs> I was joking. It might have, it not might have when been during his drinking days. No, but not when he was fishing. He was, uh, he was all serious business out there. Um, so I, I do believe he saw a big fish. And then, of course, he said, oh, yeah, Dan, we got to get down there. And, oh, yeah, well, we're still waiting to get down there. <laughs> so. Well, well, maybe he's well, listen, and maybe he'll pick you up later. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling, Rick. We got to go to a break, but uh, we appreciate it. I hope you get busy or somebody can keep you awake out there. Well, I'm awake. That's not a problem. I got plenty of coffee, but uh, yeah, come on out. Like I said, it's a nice day over here. It's a little chilly, yeah. winds, you know, but uh, hey, you know, let that sun come up a little bit, let the fish get active, and let you. Yeah, up it'll warm up. It'll warm up in a while. All right, or Rick. Just thanks go for buy calling. Some there. All right. Yeah. Pardon me. Go buy go some bait series. Go out and they yeah. can buy. You got a great selection of tackle. Yeah, a great selection of tackle. You got some new stuff in the shop. Yeah, come on out, check it out. Got some great deals on uh, rods and reels. Yeah, right. support your local business. All right, thanks, Rick. You bet. Thank you, guys. Okay, bye now. That's Rick from Smokey's Musky Bait and Tackle Shop, and uh, we're gonna take. Uh, we got another break to go to. Is this our last one? It is. This is our last and final break. We're rounding the bend. And we're on the home stretch. We'll be right back with more of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors brought to you by Baitmate Fish Attractants. Welcome back to the Skipper Outdoors, uh, sponsored by Baitmate Fish Attractant. Get your bait mate on and catch a fish, my friends. Hey, Tom, uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit in our final segment about uh, walleye, spring walleye fishing this time of year on area lakes, because you're going to go do that with your sons today. H- how do you go about targeting walleye this year? Well, <clears throat> they should be done spawning, although you're still going to find a few hanging out in the shallow gravelly areas, you know, in the shallow areas. But most of them will be off out to the, you know, weed line edges, you know, kind of like what they do in their summer pattern. But it all depends on that water temperature, you know. So uh, some lakes warm up a little bit quicker, some takes a little bit longer. So basically, uh, where we're going to be going, I, I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, I, I kind of figured a walleye should be done. Although we will try some in shallow water. But most of it will be on the flats. You know, one thing people got to realize is that walleyes don't hang off, hang uh, on the bottom by those deep drop-offs, you know, where you got a real steep edge. Uh, you got to have like a, a, let's say there's a little bit of a drop, then you got to have a flat, and then it drops off again. Where that flat is, that's that, like, what I guess you would call a spot on a spot. They got to have some of that uh, bottom underneath them. If it was just a straight up and down big drop off, no, they're not going to be hanging there. They're going to wait till they got a little bit of flat water. So I know some areas like that, and I'm hoping that they're going to be there. 
I could be wrong. Uh, I am. I am often, but uh, I'm hoping that they're going to be there. But we're like I said, we're going to try the shallow. We're going to try the medium. We're going to try the deep. You know, we're going to try it all. So, I, you know, this time of year, it, it's 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 so weird because you can have like like well like what Rick was saying. One day fish were moving, people are catching fish. The next day, dead sea. You know, in the springtime, things can change just overnight so quickly. And I'm just a little worried that, you know, we've got, it looks like we've got post-frontal conditions. We've got a high-pressure system. We've got a windy day, not a cloud in the sky. I'm kind of worried it's going to be tough today. Kind of worried about that. Well, when you say, okay, so stay away from a, a steep drop-off, uh, you're saying kind of like a flat. How do you generally talking about when you talk about a flat like that? Okay, you know, generally, let's say you've got a gradual drop from, from the shoreline down to about, let's say, six, seven, eight feet, roughly. And then it drops off down to like 10 or 12 or 18. Then there's like a little bit of a flat, and it goes out a little bit. And then it drops off down to your 30, 40, 50 feet, okay? Right on that little flat. That could be 10, 12 feet of water. That could be uh, 18 to 20 feet of water. It all depends on the structure. And that's where your locator comes in real handy. As a matter of fact, uh, that's that's next week we got to get into these locators nowadays with the side scan, where I mean it 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 shows I mean it picks out the fish. You can see the fish's fins and all that. I mean, my goodness, it's almost like uh, takes the guesswork out of fishing sometimes. So you still got to catch them, but I mean it makes it a lot easier finding them. Well. Once you find them, Tom, are you using artificial? Well, I'm going to be using two things. I'm going to be using live bait, and I'm also going to be using that Kalin's uh, jerk minnow. I'm going to be using the jerk minnow, and I'm going to be using a half a crawler. So I'll be trying them both, you know, back and forth, and we'll see. We'll see what they prefer. We'll see what they like. Kalin's jerk minnow is that a hard or a plastic? That's a that's a soft plastic bait. If uh, anybody ever watches John Gillespie's show, he loves that bait. He uses it all the time for for Lake Michigan uh, sand, uh, for trout and you know like Lakers and Browns. He uses it for walleyes, for bass. He, he uses that all the time, and he catches fish with it. So, yeah, and I and years ago I started using it too, and yeah, it does work. It definitely does work. What uh, so you use that with a jig head, correct? Yes, I use that with a, a jig head. Sometimes I use the Kalins jig head. Sometimes I use another brand of whatever I got. And, uh, you know, it depends on the depth of water and the wind, whether I'm going to use an eighth ounce or a quarter ounce. Out on Lake Michigan, they're using like three-eighths ounce or half ounce. But, you know, f for the, the lakes around here, the usually the quarter ounce is pretty good but or three-sixteenths. Uh, but I try to get away as light as I can. But today, with this wind, I might have to go a little heavier. I get a big bow in my line otherwise, you know. So when you're working a, a jerk minnow like that, are you maintaining contact with the bottom? Yeah, you're popping it off the bottom. You're letting it hit the bottom, popping it off the bottom, letting it hit the bottom, popping it off the bottom. A lot of times, walleyes will actually pin the jerk minnow to the bottom. They'll actually... That's when you hook them uh, under the jaw because they're pinning the bait to the bottom so the bait can't get away and then they'll eventually eat it. But yeah, that's when you hook them under the jaw when they're pinning the bait to the bottom. And they'll do that to a jerk minnow when it hits the bottom. So you get hits uh, on the fall and on the upswing. It, it depends.
that was my next question. Do you feel a tick? Do you feel a solid hit? Is there just it, a weight on the line? It, or it varies. The sometimes there's just a weight. Sometimes they just assume it. Some, sometimes they slam it. So, it, you know, it's all on each individual fish. It's, you know, it, you never know for sure how they're going to hit it. But anyway, Danny, that's all I got until next week. How about you? Yeah, well, uh, hopefully uh, we'll be back next week and uh, try and get some fishing reports rolling with the warming up. Uh, with the weather warming up, fishing's just going to get better, and we should have more and more reports coming in. But uh, that's all I got for this week. To all yeah, the listeners, thanks for listening, and God bless and stay free, everyone. You the Skibber Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Baitmate Fish Attractant. We'll talk to you all next week, my friends. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.